0: Welcome to episode 183 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Tuesday, February the 27th, 2018.
1: The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to JensenUSA.com slash The Spokesman. And now, for a limited time, new customers to Jensen USA who are referred by The Spokesman get 10%
0: off one item. Simply enter The Spokesman, no spaces, at checkout. Hi there, I'm Carlton Reed of BikeBiz.com, and this is a bonus episode of the podcast to bring you up to speed on a story that has gone viral across the bike world in the last few days. And that's the proposed boycott of bike and outdoor brands such as Giro and Camelback and Bell and others, all of whom are owned by Vista Outdoor, which is a sponsor of America's National Rifle Association. That boycott call was made by bike advocate Aaron Napastak, the founder of Streetsblog. I talked to Aaron to find out why he tweeted what he did, whether he expected his words to have the impact that they did, and what happened next. So I am in snowy UK and I'm now talking uh, to Aaron napostack who's in uh, Prospect Park, Brooklyn, New York City. Is that right, Aaron? I, have I got like your, your, your geographical location about right?
1: Well, well, technically, we call the neighborhood Park Slope, Park okay. Slope which what is right it? below Prospect Park. We call, call it, it Prospect
0: Park. Prospect Park. Sorry. OK. Yeah.
1: No, that's, that's fine. That's I mean, where I is... was walking, walking the dog in Prospect Park this morning. Well, this
0: is a region that I know of. Because of the bike lanes, that <laughs> right. So it's kind of a, it's an. Would I be right in saying it's an upscale neighborhood, and some bike lanes were, were, were put in, and that led to some problems with, I guess, with your neighbors. Would that be right?
1: Correct. Yeah. the The infamous uh, Prospect Park West bike lane was, you know, uh, described once as the the most uh, controversial, fought over uh, strip of land outside of Gaza for, for a brief, (laughs) for a brief moment in time.
0: And was that Um, always, you uh, being a troublemaker there, Aaron?
1: I I was, I was named in the lawsuit. So Uh um, I I was one of the advocates who had been uh, pushing for this, you know, for one lane of motor vehicle traffic or parking to be taken away from Prospect Park West and reallocated to a nice two-way bike lane so that, you know, kids and everyone else could bike to and from this, heavily used park Mm -hmm. um it is really it looks fantastic yeah it's a great it's and i mean really it's when it after it went in it was pretty clearly the best piece of you know bike infrastructure in new york city arguably uh pretty pretty quickly pretty heavily used and beloved and kind of changed a lot of dynamics around you know people's older people and kids in particular ability Mm -hmm. to um bike around this park and uh no, there was just a very well-connected, politically powerful, relatively wealthy group of opponents who, you know, wanted to kill it. And Mm -hmm. they, they actually hired, uh, this law firm or quote unquote pro bono, engaged them, you know, for the good, uh, that this law firm called Gibson, Dunn and Crutcher, which, you know, is a law firm that generally you see defending firms like Chevron, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Dow Chemical and and uh, you know defending uh, George W. Bush in a in a small case called Bush versus Gore two thousand. I mean we're talking like one of the biggest litigation mm-hmm. firms in the country went after this bike lane and uh, but we prevailed we um we beat them back and the bike lane is still there and it's still being used and as is often the case in these things you know the controversy just went away because mm-hmm. none of the predictions that the opponents you know, the predictions of doom and gloom and the death and suffering and,
0: the and dogs, and that kind of thing. The neighbor
1: has gone. True. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it's only improved things and yeah. none of those predictions came true. So classic case of uh, a yeah, in, in many ways. So,
0: yeah, well, it, we, it kind of happens everywhere. So it, it, we're certainly getting that in the, the UK. However, I would like to stay on the Troublemaker theme because you've okay. been you've been uh, doing some stuff so so what you've been doing aaron that what, what basically why what am i talking to you today
1: <laughs> i guess because, <laughs> because i i seem to have idly uh launched a a, a national boycott of this company called uh, vista outdoor um mm-hmm. which uh you know, it's interesting. Uh, a, a, a friend of mine who is involved in gun control advocacy, um, which is obviously a huge issue in the U.S., um, uh, he tipped me off to this piece of information that I, I was unaware of uh, last week. Where he told me that there's this company called Vista Outdoor, and it's the number one ammunition manufacturer in the U.S. They have dozens of gun and, guns and ammo brands uh that they that they uh own um so vista outdoor is sort of a big holding company with a lot of different brands and companies and that over the last few years apparently vista outdoor has been purchasing bike gear and running gear and outdoor gear companies Um, and so this guy who didn't really want to be involved in this so i'm not going to name him but he said you should take a look at this this company and and you know see if you're what your bike folks thinks think about all this and i took a look and I, I discovered that in fact like some of my very favorite bike gear brands um like gyro helmets and bell helmets and uh um co-pilot child safety bike seats uh all of these brands are owned by vista outdoor which fundamentally Makes most of its income, most of its revenue off of uh, ammunition and gun sales, and not just any guns, but like really the the types of assault rifles that have been used in these recent school shootings and
0: so savage, mass killing the incidents. Companies they, they they own which yeah they they make assault rifles. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Savage Arms. Um, here, there's a whole federal premium ammunition.
0: Um, and the 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 beef with this is is mainly i would say because they are also uh, funding via their corporate sponsorship of uh, uh, the national rifle association and the aims of that body
1: yeah and i think that was actually the part that really set me off the most um that was the part that i found the most disturbing is that so it turns out that this company vista outdoor is they don't just sell guns and ammunition but they're they're a major major funder and sponsor and supporter of uh the nra um you know the national rifle association uh this this company of theirs called federal premium ammunition they're um uh, uh, one of the biggest sponsors of nra tv which you know i'd urge you to go take a look at it it's like a, it's a really I, fi- I mean it's just my opinion but it's a it's a I find it to be a super vile, uh, propaganda channel, um, you know, and very right wing, very partisan, um, you know, not, not just sort of like a, you know, a sportsman's club channel, but like a real sort of, you know, like, uh, engaging in conspiracy theories and, um, just putting like really bad stuff into the information environment. Um, that I think contributes to a lot of this, this sort of like spread of um, military grade uh, weaponry in uh, American civilian life. So, so that, so what was troubling to me, I guess, most specifically was the idea that like when I buy a gyro helmet and my favorite helmet is a gyro helmet, it's like the only thing that fits my weirdly shaped head is the absurdly expensive gyro helmet that I somehow got attached to. I'm on my third one. Um, And when I buy a co-pilot child seat, which I don't anymore, but I think my kids, I probably got one for myself and one for my brother when he had a kid. When I purchase these things, my money is partly going toward funding the NRA. And I, I really, that's not acceptable to me, that when I'm purchasing this bike gear, my money is going to the National Rifle Association. So I just sort of tweeted that out. And a lot of other bicyclists seem to feel the same way as I do, that that's not acceptable.
0: Yeah, it kind of went pretty viral quite quickly, and I, I covered it on Bite Biz quite quickly, and that yep. went viral. Bite Portland's covered it; it went viral. Yep. Outside Outline uh, covered it with with interviewing three ethics professors and asking them, you know, is this a good thing to be doing with a consumer boycott? And of course, there is a that long was, history of, of consumer boycotts. You know, for hundreds of years, consumer boycotts have been a thing. So, what you're doing is is carrying on a long political tradition of voting with with a wallet
1: right well you know it's like bike bike enthusiasts bike commuters inevitably seem to end up purchasing a fair amount of gear uh not everybody but you know there's there's gear involved and and that means buying stuff and um you know so i think bike commuters have a a, a certain uh amount of uh, leverage you know with their wallets and you know, what's clear in the U.S. right now uh, is that our political system mm-hmm. isn't going to do much about guns, at least mm-hmm. not for the next year. So the, it feels like the only place where we really have leverage to make a change on this issue is in the in the realm of, of corporate power and buying power and consumer power.
0: So let, let's talk about so, what it is right yeah. now, because we have a, about... Seven or eight known U.S. bike shops, uh, including Bicycle Space in Washington, D.C., who I've been to and very, very you know, the, the top bike shops in, in Washington, D.C., of course, in Bike Portland. Uh, bike Portland's coverage led to some Portland bike shops um, pulling stock off shelves, financially detrimental to, to, to themselves, they said. Um, yeah. And then you've got—I uh, uh, know—leverage is trying to be uh, uh, brought on REI, but certainly MEC, so the Mountain Equipment Cooperative in Canada, is is could go either way here. I mean, if you read their tweets, they've they've had they've come under so much pressure from their their five million uh, retail members because you've got to be a member of this cooperative to buy from them that they are having to discuss this at, at management committee level, and it does seem if you just read the mood music or listen to the mood music from them that they are probably going to come down and say we are an ethical company we've got to divest ourselves of of these brands so is that what you thought would happen or is this something that is greater than you thought would happen or is it nowhere near as great as you actually want it to eventually become
1: well it's funny i mean i didn't think too much about what would happen. And when I, when I sent out that original stream of, of tweets, I I just wanted to let people know this information. You know, I just thought, wow, this is an incredible piece of information that I didn't know. I bet a lot of other people don't know either. I'm just going to put this out there and see what happens. I did, I did imagine that it would get quite a bit of pickup that it had the potential to be one of these, you know, items that would go viral. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then from there, you know, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe something would happen. I would say I'm I'm a little bit surprised at the extent to which people have picked up on this um, in the bike community, for sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I w- have been thinking that a next move might be to just like create a little web page where we can start to list all of the retailers that are are dropping Vista Outdoor products because um, you've actually named a few that I did, I wasn't even
0: aware of. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'd like to drill into in, into. Uh how this is actually harming these companies. And so I'm the editor of the trade magazine. These are companies yeah. that clearly uh, I'm very cozy with. I know the people in these companies. I, I, I've, I've actually apologized to some of them saying, look, this, this coverage is, is out there. It's it's gonna, clearly gonna be damaging to you. I don't wanna be horrible to you personally. So this is a, it's, a, it's me being a trade journalist just saying, look, I'm just playing this straight down the middle. I'm reporting what is out there. I have come some some stick behind the scenes um, from from various uh, issues, but I'm just going to stick to that line of look. I'm, I'm not coming down either way. I'm just reporting on what Aaron's doing. I'm reporting on all the shops that are are saying they're going to go with the boycott. However, because I'm friendly with a lot of the people on these brands, I do feel kind of personal that I am I am fueling in effect. I'm putting rocket fuel under your your tweets and at at the one point i know why you're doing it but of course i know that is damaging those brands so do you feel any sort of even small amount of guilt that these are brands that it's not their fault you know it's 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 jiro and it's it's bell it's it's their parents there's not they've got no control over who owns them
1: yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, look, it's, you know, for the employees at Giro and Camelback and Bolle, I mean, these, I, I really doubt that they had any choice uh, in the uh, question of whether or not Vista Outdoor was going to mm. purchase their, their company and their brand. Um these companies you know just outdoor actually seems to have pretty darn good taste in bike gear (laughs) you know (laughs) they've they've purchased a lot of really excellent companies Mm. and it it absolutely bums me out that that like we're dealing with this i mean it really does like i said you know this stupid 200 hundred dollar giro aeon helmet is my favorite helmet uh my kids were toted around in co-pilot bike seats i have a can't, I, you know, I was looking at my water bottle collection. There's probably like three or mm-hmm. four Camelbacks there. So, yeah, I absolutely feel disappointed and bummed out and, you know, kind of a little bit bad for these brands and companies that probably, you know, only their tippy top uppermost management and owners were involved in the decision mm-hmm. to sell the brand to one of America's biggest uh, domestic arms dealers, mm-hmm. you know. So, so what do we do about that? You know, it's like it's it's just. So that's on the one hand, and on the other hand, it's just it's just completely unacceptable to me that when I would buy, you know, my next bike helmet, some amount of money from that sale would go to the NRA. Just mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. So, and I want other people to know about it. So it really is a quandary. It really is. It's not something that I feel is complete. I mean there's a certain level of black and white. Like I know I'm not going to buy products that where I know the, the money goes to the NRA, especially when I have many other choices, you know? And so that is sort of black and white, but what's not black and white is like the potential harm that it's doing to these, these companies and brands and that are perfectly fine and good companies. Mm. And you know, so I don't know. It's tricky. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I imagine for you, it's a quandary too, because you, these guys probably all sponsor you, right? Like yeah. that's probably why outside magazine called a, Rabbi and a priest and a philosopher for their story. You know, yeah. they're like, we're not going to, you know, we're going to, we're just going to d- discuss the ethics of this. We're not even going to like deal with the content of the, you know, claims. I mean, you were a lot, you were a lot braver in your reporting, I must say.
0: It, it's a small industry, and absolutely, these are brands that advertise with the mag and the website. Uh, but by the same token, just because that's the case, you can't ignore a massive story like this just because somebody advertises with your magazine. At the end of the day, you'll probably get more advertising. If I'm being brutally honest, you probably get more advertising in the long run because people see how ethical you are and how y- you're not afraid to take on brands, even if they're they're big advertisers with you. Um, and that's always been my philosophy in in, in trade journalism for the past twenty five years. And it's so far, touch wood, it has uh, is, uh, has borne fruit. However we are coming under pressure of course and anybody who who says they're not even if there's not direct pressure it can be you know, subliminal pressure and so that is yeah. that is tough but i'm not going to ignore the story it my, my comes in before my uh my my financial uh, paycheck kind of thing kicks in my my news hound instincts are stronger than the money coming into the the till instincts
1: that's that's good I do feel like there's a there's a kind you know you never really as an advocate you never really want to start with a sort of compromise position but I do feel like there is a middle ground area whereby I mean well, okay so I'll start with the thing that I think I would like to see at this point I'd like to see those those bike gear brands be spun off mm-hmm. from. From Vista Outdoor, because Vista Outdoor wants to be a, you know, one of America's biggest guns and ammo manufacturers and sell assault rifles to civilians. And that's still going to be legal. Fine. You know, go ahead and do that. But spin off these other brands. Because
0: um, you know, these are so that quite they can
1: recent.
0: Go... We're talking the last couple of years. So that this company yeah. is clearly, as you said, they've they've gone for a nice portfolio of good brands. In order to, in effect, greenwash them. In order to to make this company into something um, fluffier than it actually is.
1: Well, and in fact, it's it's even a little more hard nosed than that. I mean, in their in their own uh, corporate documents, I mean, they they describe these um, biking and outdoor gear purchases as um, as a hedge. Uh, you know, because one of the funny things that happens in the gun business, apparently, is. You know when when Obama was president, uh, people were buying guns like crazy, and that business was was going gangbusters. And then when Trump came in, um, American the, the Americans stopped buying as many guns. You know because they're not worried that you know the president is going to come and take their guns. So mm-hmm. the gun business declined substantially when Trump came in. They, they called the Trump slump. And uh, and as a hedge against that. Uh, Vista Outdoor went out and started purchasing these um, biking, running, and outdoor, uh, outdoor brands, mm. um, and that's that's why they own them now. They are owning them specifically to hedge against potential slump and volatility and political issues with their uh, their gun business, their arms dealing business.
0: But why do you think they would offload? Because if if that is the case and it is a hedge then presumably they would rather just ride this one out think well it'll 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 be a social media bubble it'll all be gone in two weeks time and we can just get back to, to doing this so wh- why would they divest and and how long would it need to take for this amount of pressure to to actually do what you want it to do
1: yeah um i don't think they would divest i don't i don't think they will you know i, I don't have any reason to believe they will at least um you know, one of the things I haven't done was, uh, you know, I haven't done super expensive, extensive re- reporting on this. I haven't called Vista Outdoor. Um, I don't know how they're responding to this uh, or whether no they're.
0: <laughs> Safely to say, everything from every single person in every single brand uh, is no comment. I think th- they don't need to, to be told that that's got to be the response. So, so that, that, that's what I'm yeah. saying.
1: So uh, I-, I can't imagine that they would. Divest, and I imagine they're doing exactly what you're 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 saying is that they probably think, well, this is going to blow over. Let's just wait and see. Um, so, you know, it, it probably does need to be a, a sustained campaign to have to have impact. Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of advocacy work in my career, so that's generally how how it has to go.
0: So this um, one of this yeah. in the outside out, uh, outline online sorry um story. One of the ethics professors uh, was talking about how if you do a consumer boycott, it doesn't tend to impact on the CEO of the company. It impacts on the janitor. In other words, the small guys, are the ones who get hurt here, uh, not the guys who are actually the ones who you actually want to target. And, And I suppose that's also the problem with all forms of consumer boycott. So when you were when we weren't buying oranges for South Africa, that wasn't really hurting uh, the people who own the orange farms, it was hurting the workers on the orange farms. So how do you square that circle?
1: Well, I mean, a couple things. I mean, I mean, one is that, you know, most of these, um, the, I guess the first response is that what seems to be hurt the most right now is, is Vista Outdoors' stock price. I mean, it's, it's gone down a bit, Um you know, in the last week or so, and, and even more, um, mm. in the last few months. So I, I do think that, uh, um, a campaign like this, uh, has real potential to, to hurt, uh, a CEO. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what can I say? You know, I, I think retailers, um, have already expressed, you know, like, Hey, you know, we're a small bike shop uh, it, it, you know, it could hurt us a lot to have, you know, have to, um, offload all of our Giro helmets. Um, but you know, some of them are doing it. I think retailers have a little more flexibility because they can at least bring in other, other brands. They're not stuck. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what you tell. Like, you know, I don't know how many employees, you know, rascals, uh, helmets has or camelback, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it probably will hurt those companies. Um, I mean, they they made a horrible... Their management made an unbelievably bad decision to allow themselves to be uh, purchased by a domestic arms dealer uh, who, by the way, also, you know, I dug up a whole other... I don't know, did you see mm. this other uh, thread that I put out yesterday? I mean, pain, these pain companies the are also... That one. Yeah, I mean, they, mm. they, yeah. So they're, they're also, you know these guys are, um, Vista Outdoor, uh, has a, um, political action committee, uh, which is again, uh, I don't think you guys have those in the UK, but they're, mm-hmm. they're vehicles for funding political campaigns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, increasingly since, um, to this Supreme court ruling, um, in 2010, uh, you know, these campaign these political action committees are able to do a lot of their, their, um, spending in the dark. Um, but you know, they, they do have to, uh, um, document some of it. And what, what I found looking through Vista Outdoors political action committee spending is that they're actually funding, um, some of the, uh, uh key, uh, us, uh, congressmen who are working to privatize, um, national parks and public lands, uh, in the West. Mm. Um, so, which, which is a, a, a campaign that, you know, and Donald Trump actually just in December went and, um, uh, took 2 million acres of, of, um, national monument land in, in Utah, um, out of, away from the federal government, gave it to private, mm. um, interests, mostly mining, drilling, um, motorized sports interests with grazing, uh, those kinds of businesses will be using that land now. Um, and this is our, this whole sort of privatization of public land uh, effort is uh, something that, you know, retailers like REI and mm. um, uh, brands like Patagonia are, are mm. deeply opposed to. Mm. So, again, we have this enormous conflict where, um, you know, th- this company, Vista Outdoor, uh, is, is essentially with, with um, or, or say REI with one hand is selling Vista Outdoor products. And then with the other hand, um, REI is like trying to fight against um, the privatization of public land that Just Outdoor is is um, supporting with the money that that REI is giving it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really complicated. And I think it's a bad situation. It's a horrible situation for the employees who are working for these these outdoor uh, and biking brands.
0: Can I I just I mean, from the UK situation, we think, well, obviously, all guns are bad. I'm assuming I've seen lots of comments on on lots of forums which are uh, addressing this where an awful lot of people come in with the second amendment stuff and say "Well, hunting rifles aren't bad you know I'm just a hunter I don't go out shooting people so the ammo the ammunition that this company produces is it hunting ammunition or is this ammunition that is used for nefarious means so what kind of company is this could you not just say well a company doing ammunition is is potentially a benign company because it's just shooting ducks
1: um yeah i mean uh, you know uh um uh, this outdoor sells all kinds of ammunition uh, my understanding is that they're the biggest ammunition marketer uh in the entire united states um i went through a number of their their brands um You know, they have a brand called CCI, Uh, and if you go to the CCI website, I mean, they're very um, overt Mm -hmm. in their kind of NRA propaganda around, you know, quote-unquote, like, defend and honor the American birthright to bear arms with our Mm -hmm. Second Amendment promotion, buy CCI ammunition and get free gear, including a grunt-style T-shirt and Armageddon gear ammo bag. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like... Their ammunition, I don't know, its being branded as Armageddon, Um, uh, (laughs) whatever that means. So, you know, I think that they're probably selling a lot of stuff to hunters and sportsmen. um, And they're selling a lot of stuff to, you know, guys who probably fashion themselves, uh, you know, right wing uh, militias, um, you know, who are doing whatever they're doing. So uh, I don't I don't think they care who they're selling their ammunition to.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all of this political stuff, all of this, um, it's the corporation, it's Janus, basically. They've got two faces here. So on one hand, they are uh, fluffy on the outdoor side. And on the other side, they're, they're doing some pretty horrible stuff. For, for, I guess most people would certainly in the UK would think, and I'm sure a growing number of people in the US maybe think that too. So, the basic problem here is the corporation isn't speaking with, with one voice, it's just saying different things to different audiences. But is that not just that's normal?
1: I don't know that it is. I mean, it, it's I, I'm not sure I've encountered, um, you know, that many instances where there's such a, um, kind of divergent set of interests in, 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 in one company. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I, I'm sure it's out there and I, you know, this is not, you know, I usually do bike advocacy and urban planning work, so this is not, you know, it's not exactly Mm -hmm. my wheelhouse, but the notion that, um, uh, you know, you're, you, you have a business that's, um, you know, politically volatile and Um, you you know, uh, deeply opposed by one um, part of the population. So you go and and buy a bunch of brands and companies that are, you know, exactly the opposite of that. I don't know. Does Does Coca Cola do that? Does (laughs) Does Microsoft? I don't think they do that. It's it's a very unusual strategy, and it seems to be. And I think it probably puts. All of uh, these these companies in a horrible position within the Vista Outdoor portfolio. I don't know that it's a very smart corporate strategy, frankly.
0: Because mm-hmm. it was another it was it was called something different about four or five years ago. So Vista Outdoor is when it was all put into into one shell, and then all of these different component parts of the company, and especially new parts of the company like the outdoor brands, the bike brands, were then brought under this this umbrella so when i've done stories and i have done stories on vista outdoor before uh when they bought these brands i just in effect regurgitated the press release i got the press release saying uh x company has been bought by this this corporation called vista outdoor and it's like i don't know who they are i'll just i'll just run the story that's that's the story it's just plain vanilla story it's just a company has bought another company and at that point i certainly didn't dig any deeper and and find out who this company was mainly because it doesn't say vista guns and ammunition and we kill lots of people inc you know it's it's clearly a a a title that they are using to to partly hide the rest of the business
1: right and and, you know it's interesting when you when you describe the uh, the the vista outdoor as a as a janus i mean i actually don't think they uh, i think they actually do speak pretty clearly with one voice and it's very much on the on the kind of, um, the guns and ammo side of things, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you don't really hear of, or see, uh, Vista outdoor with any presence in the, in the bike advocacy community or the, you know, saving public lands community. Um, you don't Mm -hmm. see them in those, in those realms at all. They're not doing political work or advocacy there. They are, however, you know, funding the NRA. They're a major sponsor of NRA TV. They sit on the board of the uh, NSSF, the National Sports Shooting Foundation, which is a very—it's uh, a almost quieter, more secretive version of the NRA um, that industry groups um, have put together uh, for for you know pushing uh, policies like concealed carry uh, in states, making it possible for people to carry guns around anywhere and everywhere in, in the U.S., including like college campuses and coffee shops. So this is this is the you know this is their voice as far mm-hmm. as I can tell you know Vista Outdoor is pushing this very clear set of you know,
0: so the bike um, and outdoor done. brands are this shield that they assume deflects them and then they can get around and do all this other stuff behind the scenes.
1: That seems to be the case. So it also helps.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sorry. You, you can't, no, no. I shouldn't have interrupted you. Sorry. So you also made the point that. Um, they're speaking this with one voice they're not uh, g- g- voicing their concerns in the in, in the bike advocacy world what if they did what if vista outdoor as part of their greenwashing uh next couple of weeks suddenly you know dumped 20 million dollars into bike advocacy what should bike advocates do with that money <laughs> that
1: that would be uh well you shouldn't you should go to work for vista outdoor you're, you're pretty good you're good
0: <laughs> um it would just it would make a good sense to from their pr point of view it's like well let's deflect this even more let's okay look, Aaron says we don't do anything right well let's go and do something
1: right well what if they did that and what if they also divested from the nRA what if they were like you know what we're not we're not gonna let our our brands sponsor nRA an TV anymore mm-hmm. we're not gonna sit on the board of the National Sports Shooting Foundation. We're, you know, not gonna be supporters of this 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 uh, organization, which unfortunately has moved, you know, away from being a, a sportsman's shooting club and toward being this like hyper partisan uh, right wing or, or uh, political organization. We're just not gonna be part of that. So I, I actually think that there's a strong case to be made that, you know, Vista Outdoor could do those things. Um, and, and people would feel a lot better about them for doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, I still wouldn't be happy that, uh, you know, there's this company out there selling assault rifles to civilians, but my most specific problem with Vista outdoor, and I think this is true of other cyclists too, is that when I buy a Giro helmet and a co-pilot bike seat and a Camelback water, you know, thing. Uh, my money is going to the NRA. And, and I think if, if Vista outdoors stopped doing that, stopped supporting that organization, um, separated themselves from all of that you know gun advocacy, um, that would actually that would actually potentially be a, it's an acceptable solution. Then at least I don't have this ethical quandary of you know when I buy bike gear, my money is going mm. to uh, to spreading guns around um, the civilian population in the US.
0: So what's what's the step change that you think would would alter the this campaign of yours? What what if if MEC came down and said, "Yep, we're getting rid of these brands," and then other companies, maybe REI, because I know I know REI, Sorry, I know you've been um, you've been tagged in some tweets with REI in the title. I certainly have as well. Um, yeah. So uh, 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 do you think they are the retail? dominoes that if if they fall lots more will fall
1: i do i think if the big retailers um like rei and mec decided to drop vista outdoor uh that would almost certainly force this company to to reconsider what it's doing um i do think that you know if this is going to become a real campaign then it, it needs to be you know it needs to have a clear goal and um right now i mean it seems pretty clear that like the way it should move is consumers should say that they're not going to be purchasing vista outdoor products um, until vista outdoor um, divests itself from the national rifle association um, Mm. that people don't find it acceptable that their bike gear purchases are going to fund uh the nra period and retailers don't like it either so if if consumers put that pressure on vista outdoor i think it's you know potentially plausible that that's that's a winnable campaign i don't see why vista outdoor wouldn't potentially respond to that um, maybe they're so attached to the nra
0: that they wouldn't but um could work Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now I, I should have done this at the beginning i suppose but we can do it at the end too um, and we just got straight into the conversation and uh, i didn't do this but uh, tell us a bit about you so so where have you I mean, I know from your Wikipedia page so streets blog um so give us a, a a brief thumbnail sketch of of who you are Aaron
1: So uh I live in Brooklyn, New York. Um I'm the founder of streetsblog.org, which is a, a website that uh, an online publication that covers um uh transportation and urban planning policy. We started it in New York City in 2005 and 6. Um, I was the editor in chief there until about, uh, 2011, uh, when I handed it off to, uh, um, the amazing Ben Freed who who runs streets blog now. And, uh, I went up to Cambridge mass to do this thing called a Loeb fellowship at the Harvard, uh, architecture and urban planning school. It was a great year stuck around in Cambridge for a few years and, um, put myself together as a kind of a consulting and production company. And now I'm, I work on a variety of different projects and, um, for, uh, you know, different clients who are interested in, um, uh, making cities less oriented toward automobiles. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's generally what I, what I focus on.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, let's tell people how they can get in touch with you and what websites you've got at the moment and, and, I can put stuff in show notes, but let's put stuff on tape of of how people can get in touch with you also. Sure. I
1: mean, so Twitter is a good way. Um, I'm Unfortunately, I spend too much time on Twitter. So you can reach me at, at NapperStack, which is N-A-P-A-R-S-T-E-K. Uh, you can also reach me at Aaron at com, And uh, I'm on Facebook, so that's another way um Aaron Apperstack. and those are good ways to get me if you uh if you have more tips or information and um yeah
0: well that's certainly where I found out the story from I just I was I follow you on Twitter and have for a number of years we've communicated before and yeah likewise I I, I saw this on there and I I kind of knew pretty much within about about a millisecond that this would go viral and that this would get big. Yeah, you kind of
1: uh, you were you were onto it
0: quickly. It, it was it was just so obvious that this is well this is what a better expression, dynamite. You know, this is this is clearly something that is gonna be of concern, especially with the the atmosphere after Florida. So it there does seem to something does seem to have changed, whether it's teen activism, whether it's just social media getting involved this time and massively, but something seems to have switched that these kind of thoughts and concepts now seem to be much more uh, mainstream.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, you know, it's funny because I think a lot about, you know, I've been much more involved in in bike advocacy than gun control advocacy. And, <laughs> you know, I, th- I think back to how things were in two thousand four and five and six in new york city when when you know we were just starting up streets blog and there that there was a time there where you know when we were starting things when it really felt like change was impossible in Mm -hmm. new york city like you would show people a picture of a you know of a kind of a dedicated bike lane from copenhagen um you know or a pedestrianized street or you know a a really nice bus rapid transit system in bogota Colombia. people just be like look like that's impossible. This is New York. Like, it's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Nothing's going to change. It is what it is. And then, you know, you saw this period of time where, like, things just sort of turned. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a turning point, and then change became possible. And it does feel—so this, this, the moment that we're in with the gun debate, it, it, it feels it feels a little like that period in the mm-hmm. 2005, 2006, 2007 period in New York City when just the, the, a, a, a switch flipped. And change became possible. Um, so, but you gotta, you know, it still doesn't happen by itself. It's like people really have to jump on board and and, and push the rock up the hill. Exactly. Um, and this and this is tougher. This is the the gun issue is is much bigger and, and harder uh, than um, than you know getting some bike lanes in New York City.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron, that's been absolutely fascinating to for you to give us an inside uh story on on your the 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 tweets the series of tweets that you've now done uh, on this which has kicked off like the uh the whole ecosystem of other uh media outlets covering this and the corporation feeling some heat i can definitely say they're feeling some heat uh so thank you very much for for talking today
1: um thanks so much for your interest and it's great to finally uh, talk to you in person.
0: Thank you to Aaron Napastak there. And I will put all his social media and blog things and his campaign, of course, in the show notes, which are held on the podcast website, which is at uh, thespokesman.com, which is the-spokesman.com. And the next show will be, well won't be tomorrow this show was uh, was recorded uh just a day after the previous one but i can guarantee the next one uh, will not be the day after um but it'll be out uh, very shortly in the meantime get out there and ride